tulungan tayo bilang mga kalalakihan to become better men according to God's purpose and plan for us. Okay, remember we started with the foundational truth that, you know, becoming male is a matter of birth, but becoming a man is a matter of choice. Okay, hindi po tayo nagiging man because of our biological growth or simply because we are aging. Manhood is not about your age, it's about the choices you make. And manhood is about making choices to build in yourself the qualities that make you a reliable man, a person of uh, responsibility, a person of integrity, who can exude excellence in all that you do, not only in your professional life, not only in your corporate life, but even more so in your family life. Okay? And today we're going to go back to some foundations and then we're going to uh, see the relationship of these foundations to our lives today. We're going to more details on the application of these foundational truths that we have been learning in the past uh, four years. We are starting a series entitled Maximized Manhood, Realizing God's, God, our, Your God-Given Potentials as a Man. Okay? So what is maximized manhood? Maximized manhood simply means that you're able to live up to the full purpose of God that God has prepared for you in this life as a man. Okay? That you're able to uh, be what God meant you to be and carry out the unique purpose that God has set out for you. In the world, we define success mostly and, you know, sometimes purely, uh, you know, by material uh, means. Okay? So success means you mamangka, you know, uh, you're able to succeed in your goals and therefore you are now experiencing the returns of all your labors. So that is how the world uh, describes success. But in the kingdom of God, in the word of God, success is really about becoming all that God meant you to be and finishing all that God meant you to do on earth. That is what success is in the eyes of our Creator. It's becoming all that you were meant to be, and we'll discover what that means, and finishing all that God meant you to do in this life. In fact, you'll discover today that each one of you has a unique purpose that you were meant to carry out, and we're going to see how that works in our life, okay? So here we are. We start with, you know, our foundations about manhood by Looking at God's definition of what it means to be a man. You know, the tragedy in our Filipino culture, we don't have a clear definition of manhood that is in line with the Creator's design. Sa ating pong mga Pilipino, sa atin ang lalaki ay kailangan maging macho. Correct? So machismo has become a model for manhood. And machismo, of course, is a cultural idea that was handed down to us by the Spanish, by the Spaniards who came to the Philippines. It was reinforced by American version of machismo. We call that the street version of machismo that emphasizes, you know, uh, sexual activity and, you know, masculinity, ability to prove that you are, you know, hindi ka pwedeng tapakan ng sinuman. Yan ang tinatawag nating street-level machismo. Okay? So, Tunay na lalaki ka, pag uh, sino mang mag, uh, manakit sa'yo, kaya mong kontrolin, kaya mong saktan yung nananakit sa'yo. Hindi ka magpapatapa kahit kanino man. Tunay, totoo kang lalaki kung mainom ka ng alak o ng beer. Totoo kang lalaki kung marami kang babae. Kasi pag isa ng babae mo, mahina ang pakalalaki mo. Yan po yung paniniwala po ng machismo. Okay? Kaya mas maraming babae kang matuhog, mas tunay na lalaki ka. Okay? At mas marami kang mga taong ma, ma, ano, ma-dominate, yun ang tunay na lalaki. Okay? 
So, kuminsan po ang machismo is being made equivalent to being a bully. So, kung sino yung bully, yun yung macho. Do you understand that? But you see, machismo has not really contributed to our development as men because machismo only served to perpetrate the boy in the body of an adult man. It only serves to perpetrate the boy in the body of an adult man. Because, you know, a boy, you know, sees the world as revolving around himself. Okay? And the difference between a man and a boy is that a man will always take responsibility for his actions and his decisions. He will seek to blame no one or offer excuses to justify his failures. A boy will always find somebody to blame. Siya lagi magkasalanan, hindi ako. Okay? Kasi siya, kahit ako nagsimula, siya pa rin magkasalanan. So, boys are not able to take full responsibility for their actions. But men are men because they choose to take responsibility for their actions, for their decisions. They will not blame anyone for their own choices, and they will never offer excuses to justify their failures. Ariyaman will say, the buck ends with me. I take responsibility. Pagkakamali ko yan, aayusin ko. Wala akong sisisihin. Yan po ang tunay na lalaki. Kaya maraming mga lalaki sa ating kultura po, madaling mga liwa, kasi ang kanilang lagi sinisisi yung asawa nila. Kasi kung asawa ko, hindi lang masyadong ganyan, masyadong, you know, my wife is so, you know, verbally abusive. You know, that's why, you know, I, I don't like that. And she's pushing me away. And therefore, if I fall into adultery, that's her fault, not mine. Because she's not really meeting my need as her husband. So many men justify adultery because they think their wife is the one that pushed them towards adultery. Okay? Remember, the act of adultery is always a man's choice, not the wife's. And God holds us responsible the moment we make a choice that is wrong. And you cannot blame it on anyone because it was not your wife that told you to get out and have another woman. You made a choice. Do you understand this? Okay? That's why machismo, you know, makes men justify the wrong things that they do because they feel that others are responsible for their own mistakes. And they will never learn to forgive others. They will not overlook an offense done to them because they feel they have to prove themselves and their worth against people that try to step on their worth. A man doesn't have to do that. A man's uh, strength is demonstrated in his capacity to be gentle towards his enemy. And gentleness is not a weakness. Gentleness is power under control. Do you understand that? Pag tayo madaling magpadala sa galit, that means we have no control over our emotions. Sometimes, anger can lead us into making wrong decisions that can later on be very regrettable in our lives. How many of you have honestly made decisions out of anger that later on you really regretted? Okay, don't be afraid because there will be many of us. Actually, that's all of us. <laughs> okay. Kaya, hindi po tayo dapat nagpapadala sa damdamin kasi hindi na tayo bata. We have to learn to control about. We have to learn to take control of our reactions because we're always responsible for how we respond. Remember this: what people do to you, the offensive things that people do to you, do not define who you are. It defines them. You understand that? But how you choose to respond to what they do to you defines who you are. You understand that? Okay. That is why, again, the reason why, according to Ed Cole, the reason why societies fall and families fail is because there are more boys out there than there are real men. No nation can be greater than the kind of men it produces. And the reason why many families fail because there are more boys out there than there are real men.
You understand that? Because real men will take responsibility no matter what it takes. If they make a commitment, they will remain true to the commitment regardless of the circumstances. That's why, how many of you are married? Can you see your hands, please? Yeah, good. Remember when you married your wife, you said, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, whatever our circumstances may be, I will love and cherish you till death do us part. You see, it takes a man, a real man, to be true to that promise. It takes a real man to be true to that promise because the commitment is unconditional. In other words, you will take responsibility to love your wife even if sometimes you may feel like hating her because you made a commitment. Why? Because the next generation, your children, will be affected by every wrong decision you make in your marriage. You'll be affecting generations to come. And you cannot allow that to happen. Do you understand this? Okay? That's why it's not easy to be a man because as a man, you have to make tough choices not for your benefit, but for the benefit of people that you love around you. Real manhood is demonstrated by a commitment to protect and care for others, even at one's own expense. Machismo is the opposite. Machismo will protect self at the expense of everything. That's the opposite of real manhood. That's why we would like to rediscover what is God's definition of manhood. How does God define manhood? So we'll take a look from the very beginning of, of, of the story of man in the story of creation. In Genesis 1.26, can we read this together? Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, and so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Now here's the picture. God creates the universe, and then he creates the earth. Now God decided that is going to create man to be in charge of earth while he's in charge of the universe. In other words, he wants to create someone like him who will have the same capacity to take leadership or take dominion in order to represent his rule on earth. So God did not need, you know, a human agent to represent his rule on earth, but he chose to create man to be his partner in ruling the earth, okay? That's why God said, let us make man in our image. He has to be like us, to be able to reflect me on earth. And he said, let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the lower, uh, lower, uh, the lower orders of creation. We are to take rulership. Do you understand that? In other words, God's purpose was that man will represent his rule on earth. Man is supposed to be the agent of God's purpose on the earth. Our job is not to do our will, to carry out our own agenda, but to be faithfully carrying the agenda of the Creator on earth, which has entrusted to us. We will see that translate into practical experience. The next scripture I want us to see is that man and woman were both created by God, but the headship was given to the man, okay? The man ought not to cover his head because in the culture of Greece at that time, Paul was writing to Greeks, the Corinthian Christians, the Greeks, believe, the Greeks believe that a veil is important to show a woman's submission to men. Okay? And that's also true in Jewish culture. So a man ought not to cover his head since he is the image and the glory of God. This is very true of Jewish culture. In Jewish culture, all the women wear a veil over their heads. Okay? As a symbol of submission to the man. 
both in the family and also in the public. So he is the image and the glory of God, just a man cannot wear a veil over his head. Okay? But the woman is the glory of the man. For man did not come from woman, but woman from a man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman was created for the man. So who was the first to be created? In Genesis chapter 2, God first creates the man in verse 7. And later on, he creates the woman later on after verse 18. So they were not created together. And so God, was cre God created man first to reflect his image on earth. And when he creates the woman, the woman is to reflect the glory of man because he was taken from the man, okay? So the man was given headship in the relationship of man and woman from creation itself, okay? So, so what is the meaning of this? As the image of God, we, the man, was created to represent God's rule and will on earth to preserve the order that God has established in creation. See, God put order to a, a universe that was before in chaos. And after God establishes order on earth, he puts them in and says, I want you to preserve the order. Don't allow the things that I have established to be, uh, to be put in this order. Your job is to maintain order. Do you understand this? So we are here to represent God's purposes and will on earth. The man was thus designed to carry out God's purpose on the earth as the partner of God, doing his will according to his revealed terms. So what is the purpose why we were created? We are here to carry out the purposes of the Creator, not our own. Okay? We can maximize our manhood when we're able to carry out the unique purpose that God has put into each one of us in order to fulfill this agenda for the world. We will see that more in a little while. For example, this is one example of what we mean by every man was born with a purpose. Jeremiah, he received a, uh, you know, a vision from God at the beginning of his calling as a prophet. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, Jeremiah, all his life, you know, has never known why he was on earth. Until this revelation came, and God told him, this is why I created you. This is why I gave you birth. This is why I put you into this world. Because I set you apart to be a prophet to the nations. That was his life purpose as defined by God himself. Now let me ask you this question. Do you believe that you have a unique purpose in this world? How many believe that? Okay? You see, your significance as a man depends on the fulfillment of that unique purpose that God has built into your life, why He placed you in this world in the first place. Why are you here? It's a very important question, okay? The same thing with the Apostle Paul. In Galatians 1, he knew his purpose. All his life, he thought his purpose was to be a great rabbi among the Israelites, to be a great teacher of the law. That was his vision and his dream, but he didn't know that God has bigger plans for him. He did not know that God has set him apart even before he was born to be an apostle of Christ to the world, especially to the Gentile world. That's why he said, but when God has set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, that's when, you know, he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, that's where he discovered that Jesus was calling him to be his an apostle. That was the time of calling. That was his time of calling. But he realized later on that he was set apart even before he was born to fulfill this very purpose that Jesus Christ has now revealed to him. You understand this, okay? Now, you know, this truth is 
echoed by many leading authorities who have observed and become uh, resource uh, thinkers for others through the books they have written. William Barclay, how many warm William Barclay? He's a Scottish radio person and brilliant man, uh, very, uh, very well studied in the scripture. In fact, he wrote a series of uh, commentaries on the New Testament, the Barclay uh, Notes, okay? That's William Barclay. He said, there are two great days in a person's life, the day he was born and the day he discovers why. How many of you have experienced the first great day of your life? That's everybody, right? Or else you won't be here. <laughs> the day when you were born was the first great day. But the second great day, according to William Barclay, he's a Christian, by the way, he's a Christian writer. He said, the second great day of a person's life is when you discover why you are here. Are you just the product of your parents' decision? That's why you're here in the world? Or maybe you were an unwanted child and somehow you still got born. And somehow your parents did not succeed in aborting you. But you're here. The question is, why am I here? Why is it that God allowed me to be born even though my parents never wanted me? Okay? Why was I born in a very poor family? I wish I was born in a rich family. How many are, you know, I've been thinking that way. I wish I was born into a better family, right? Why was I born into a broken home, right? So all of this comes into our mind. We begin to, am I just the product of my parents' decisions? Or is there a higher purpose why I was born into this world? You understand? That's an important question for us as men. And we need to discover why you are here. Marcus Aurelius, one of the Roman emperors, said this, Everything a horse, a vine, is created for some duty. Do you agree? Horses are made for a purpose, right? Right? Um, bees are made for a purpose, right? They provide us honey. Okay? A vine is created for some duty. For what task then were you yourself created? A man's true delight is to do the things he was made for. Now, how many of you know at this point of your life what you were made for? How many of you know? Okay. You see, there will only be a few hands. Okay. We understand their purpose. Let's go on. Can we read this? Albert Einstein. Can we read this together? Everything is determined, the beginning as well as the end, by forces over which we have no control. Okay? Are you always in control of all your circumstances? Are you always in control of all your circumstances in life? Are there things that happen to you that you never wanted and still they're happening? Right? Are there things that come into your life that you never even expected and they still happen? Are you in control? Are you always in control? No, you are not. And you recognize, why is this happening? Why sunod-sunod mga mabibigat na problema sa buhay? Why this? Why bigla ako na-promote? Kaya ngayon, mayaman ako. No, there are many things that happened to us that was not part of our decision. These things just happened to us, right? How many recognize that? That's what he's saying. He's saying, there are forces over which we have no control. It is determined for the insect as well as for the star. Human beings, vegetables, or cosmic dust, we all dance to a mysterious tune intoned in the distance by an invisible piper. Each one of us has a set of unique experiences that somehow shape what you are today. 
This experience has shaped your view of yourself. It has shaped your values. It has shaped how you look at life. It has shaped, you know, your belief in what you can do and what you cannot do. We go through a lot of experiences, right? That often help us ask ourselves, who am I? Why am I going through this? What's the purpose of all of this? Okay? So marami po nangyayari sa atin na wala sa ating control, pero if we are able to respond to these challenges in the right way, we are brought to a new level of human experience that advances us from where we were before. How many of you here can testify that you have experienced some unexpected events in your life that contributed to moving you forward in your life? Unexpected. They were not in your plans. But because they happened, you found your life moving forward into a better experience. Okay? Is that purely coincidence? Is that purely accidental? Or is there an invisible piper behind everything and we're just dancing to the tune of that invisible piper? Of course, Albert Einstein is saying that that invisible piper is God. Albert Einstein believes in God. Okay? So, here's another one. This is from one of the religious uh, philosophers during the Age of Enlightenment. His name is Soren Kierkegaard. How many of you have read the teachings of Soren Kierkegaard? He's a religious philosopher. Anybody here? Kierkegaard? Kierkegaard was the one who started the concept, the leap of faith. Okay? Okay? He's an existentialist. For those who understand philosophy, he is a religious existentialist. To him, Truth is validated by experience. If you don't experience it, it's not valid. You have to experience it for it to be valid. And so faith cannot be valid until you experience it. Okay? That's why to believe in something you've not experienced is a leap of faith. Because it's not based on experience. Do you understand that? Anyway, but he has written a very interesting uh, you know, article that started this way. He said, where am I? Who am I? How did I come to be here? What is this thing called the world? How did I come into the world? Why was I not consulted? Okay? And if I am compelled to take part in this world, where is the director? I want to see him. I want to know why I'm here. I never wanted to be here. I wasn't even consulted, you know, for me to come into being. And now I've come to being, okay, tell me, why am I here? Okay? So what is he looking for? He's looking for purpose. Do you know your purpose on earth? And how do you know your purpose? It's an important question for men. Okay? Viktor Frankl said, Everyone has his own specific vocation or mission in life to carry out a concrete assignment which demands fulfillment because it was reserved for you. Okay? That's why you, you should not miss your unique mission in this world that the Creator has set for you. Therein he cannot be replaced, nor can his life be repeated by another. Thus everyone's task or calling is as unique as a specific opportunity to implement it. Everyone is given by a unique purpose, and you have the unique opportunity to accomplish that purpose in this world. That this is the purpose prepared by God for you. Understand that? Okay? You know Vincent Van Gogh? How many know Vincent Van Gogh? 
Okay, you know the song Starry Starry Night? The song is about him. The song is written in tribute to Vincent Van Gogh, who committed suicide as an artist. Okay? You know, he said, your profession is not what brings home your paycheck. Your profession is what you were put on earth to do with such passion and such intensity that it becomes spiritual in schooling. His profession as an artist and as a painter, he did not consider just as a means of meaning money. For him to be a painter is to accomplish a mission that I was put on earth to do. And he, he believes he can change the world by carrying out his unique mission as a painter. Do you understand this? As an artist. Okay? James Redfield said, Knowing our personal mission further enhances the flow of mysterious coincidences as we are guided towards our destiny. Listen to this. The moment you begin to move towards your God-given purpose in this world, you'll be surprised that circumstances begins to move to support your direction. Things will happen to you that are sometimes may be considered coincidence, but when they happen in succession, in order to empower you or support you in the direction you're taking in this world, these are just not coincidences. Because the moment you start moving towards your God-given purpose in this world, all heaven begins to move to support you. Because that was the reason why you were put on earth to accomplish. Do you understand this? That is why, you know, you would never, until you step into your purpose, you begin to move in the direction of your purpose, you won't see the amazing things that can happen in your life. You will not be able to see the impossible things becoming possible because you're moving in the direction of God's purpose for you. You'll meet certain people you never realize you're going to meet, and you're meeting them because God is sending you to, to empower you to accomplish that purpose that God has put in your heart. In time, you will be surrounded by people who believe in what you are doing, and they will support you. Provision now begins to come in time. Doors begin to open to support what you're doing because you're moving in the direction of God's purpose for your life. God will support you when you move into that purpose. Do you understand this? How many have experienced this? When you start moving towards your purpose, you see many doors open, you're just amazed. And then you're meeting people you never even dream of meeting. Okay? You see, that's telling you, you are on the right track. You are carrying out God's unique purpose for your life. Do you understand this? Okay? Now, it doesn't mean it's going to be a smooth ride. As you move to carry out God's unique purpose for you, there will be open doors. There will also be challenges that will come that will make you feel as if the purpose seems to be very far from being fulfilled because there are so many obstacles that are coming along your way that's keeping you from fulfilling that purpose. How many have experienced that? Okay, now listen to this. When God begins to feel, put obstacles along your way, listen to this, those are the most important moments of your journey with God. Because those are the challenges that are intended to change you. Because if you don't change your attitude, if you don't change how you handle things, those challenges will stop you. But if you learn how to change your attitude towards those obstacles or opportunities, you begin to adjust your, your, you know, your how you handle things. You begin to adjust your attitude. Soon you're able to overcome the obstacles. Do you understand this? Every challenge that God brings into your life is meant to change you and build in you 
the qualities, the qualities that are necessary for you to carry out your ultimate mission and purpose in this world. If you move towards your purpose without any challenges, you may not have the right qualities that will qualify you for your God-given destiny. It is God who will qualify you. Do you understand this? How many of you have been facing a lot of challenges lately? Okay. Sometimes that can be your marriage. Right? Now listen to this. You know, as, as a person, I love mountains. I love, I just cannot climb mountains. I don't have the physical stamina to do it. But when I was young, I loved to go up mountains. God has put in my heart a love for challenges. The more challenging it is, the more I become daring. You know why? Because challenges bring out the best in me. Challenges enable me to discover potentials I never thought I had. I was offered challenges in the field of music. I was offered something that I've never done before. To write, you know, 16 songs for a musical in Manila is a political uh, play that has a Christian message. It was offered to a colleague, uh, a contemporary composer in Manila. He turned it down because he felt he cannot do it. And so he referred the group to me. So the group came to me, can you do this, Dave? It was the first time. I've never written an entire musical before. I've written some songs, but not songs for a musical. And I have to fit the lyrics of the script, not my own lyrics. And I have to write music to fit the lyrics of the script. Even the conversation was going to be musical. Okay? So it was my first challenge. And I did not know that I had it in me. And I said, God, will I take this? And God gave me the conviction to take the challenge. I was only given, listen to this, two weeks to finish 15 to 16 songs for the entire musical. Two weeks! Would you take the job? Would you take it? I have never done that before. Okay? I was scared at the moment, but deep in my heart, I knew God wanted me to take it. And so I said, yes. You know how crazy that decision was? Sometimes it takes me around more than one week to write just one song. To finish a song as a songwriter. I'm going to finish 15 to 16 songs in one week, and then the next week, have it recorded by a mini orchestra for the musical. And I was going to direct the recording in the music studio. Imagine that, two weeks left before the rehearsals begin. And so I took the challenge. You know what happened? By the grace of God, I finished all the songs in less than one week. I was able to arrange everything for orchestra, and by the next week, we're already recording it via orchestra. In a music studio, it became the soundtrack of the entire musical. In two weeks' time, the impossible took place. And when I look back, I realize, if I didn't take the challenge, I would never know the potentials that God has put into me. I would never know that I could do this. You understand this? Because the challenge brought out something in me I thought I never had. Because I had the faith and the courage to take it and believe I can get over it. I can do it. You understand this? The only thing that's keeping us from realizing our full potentials is our fear based on our past experiences. 
Remember this, your past cannot define your future. Say that with me, my past cannot define my future. My past cannot decide my future. Because my future is based on the decisions I make today. You understand that? You may have the, a, a worse past behind, the worst past behind you. But if you make the right decisions today, you can change everything. Are you still here? You understand that? But you have to have the faith in God and the conviction and boldness to make that challenging step. And you'll be surprised how far you can go. One of the things I teach in the corporate realm as a consultancy speaker is this. I call it the law of the stretch. Can you say it? Law of the stretched. The law of the stretch means you will never know how far you can go until you go far enough. You will never know how far you can go until you're willing to go far enough. It's an important principle. If you want to discover the potentials God built into your life, you'll never realize those potentials if you keep living by your fears of your limitations. You have to believe if God puts a challenge before you, the challenge is meant to be overcome by the grace of God. That God has put everything in you necessary to overcome that if you will look to God and take the bold step to deal with it instead of run away from it. Are you still here? It is these challenges that build manhood in us because they enable us to unleash our fullest potentials. Are you still here? If you're going through negative experiences or you're being offended by people, God is allowing that in order to change your attitude so that you are able to forgive people instead of allowing offenses to put you down. You'll never be successful that way. If you want to succeed in God's purpose for your life, you have to be unoffendable. <laughs> and you say to the person beside you, if you want to be excellent, you have to be unoffendable. Because offense is a matter of choice. Can you say that? Offense is a matter of choice. May ginawa yung tao sa yung di maganda, there are two choices you do. You can just easily forgive, wag mo na lang pansinin, or unawain mo na lang yung tao, hindi ka naapektado. Di ba? Or you can choose to take it personally and, you know, get a grudge against the person. That's your choice. Right? You can choose to be bitter or you can choose to forgive. That's your choice. You can choose to allow the person to affect you or can choose just to overlook it and focus on something else. So you're not affected. You understand this? If you want to be an excellent person, you must be unoffendable. Because you must be able to affirm people who are mean to you. Because that's how you win your enemies to your side. You understand that? I tell you, there will be challenges that will come to you as a man. As you pursue your God-given purpose, challenges will come because God is sending these challenges to shape you, to change you, to build those qualities in you that will enable you to overcome the challenges so you can move forward and carry out God's unique purpose for your life. You must qualify yourself for that purpose. And God will be sending you what you need to help change what you need to change so you qualify yourself. Are you serious? Are you facing any challenge right now? 
I will say with you in James chapter 1, verse 2, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face all manner of trials and tribulations. Count it all joy. And show that means James chapter 1, verse 2. Why are you going to be joyful and you're facing a lot of offenses from people? You're being opposed. Every evil thing is happening to your life. How can you count it all joy according to the Word of God? Okay? And the next verse tells us why. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces patient endurance. You see, those trials and tribulations are meant to build in you that quality of patient endurance so that you become mature. Okay? Perseverance here, hupomone, means patient endurance. Next verse. Let it finish its work so that you become mature and complete, not lacking anything. You see, when you develop patient endurance, no matter what happens to you, you are not affected. You stay your course. You cannot be distracted from your course because you're not a person who easily takes offense. You understand this? You understand this? Okay? So God will put before you challenges that are meant to change you and qualify you for His purpose. Okay? Can we continue reading this one? First, we have a question. Then dreams, daydreams, intuitions lead us towards the answers, which usually are synchronistically provided by the wisdom of another human being. You meet people that help you move forward. They guide you. They give you wisdom. You never imagined that this person will come into your life. And this person just came in the moment you needed a person. How many have experienced that? The people came into your life the moment you just needed them, but you never looked for them. They just came to you. How many have experienced that? See? See, that is God confirming to you you're on the right track and God's encouraging you so you build those qualities to enable you to overcome your challenge. Are you still here? Okay, you understand how God operates in your life? Okay, now, here. That's why Sig Siglar said, outstanding people have one thing in common, an absolute sense of mission. You cannot maximize your manhood as God designed you to be if your life is not pursuing a clear mission, a purpose that God has put in your life. How many of you here has a mission statement for your life? Do you have a mission statement? Yeah. I would encourage you to spend time, time to pray Look back into your life and ask yourself, why has, where are these things happening to me? Why am I where I am? What are the resources God has given me? What are the experiences that has been repeating in my life again and again? And seems to be trying to teach me something. And I'm telling you, if a, an experience repeats in your life more than twice, how many of you have experienced things happening to you? Same thing happening to you more than twice. Okay, let me tell you this. If something happens to you more than twice, it only means one thing. You're not learning the lesson you need to learn. And God is giving you a, what you call that? A re-test. You know, God is so generous. He can give you as many retests as you need in order to pass the exam. You understand that? If it, something happens to you again, that means you have not developed the attitude, the quality, the ability to handle the situation effectively so that it doesn't happen again. Are you still here? 
The fact is happening again. That means you're never able to handle it really well. That's why it's happening again. And God's lesson is, get over it, learn to handle it, change what you need to change to be able to handle that well so it doesn't affect you anymore so you can move forward. Are you still here? Okay. That is why when you have a strong sense of mission, everything that happens to you, you begin to see them as God's way of preparing you for your purpose. So instead of getting this guy, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to, to me? And you know God, you're pursuing God's purpose in your life. You know God allowed this to happen because He's trying to qualify you. By teaching you an important lesson that will help you overcome this problem. If you change your attitude, you overcome the challenge. You change your method, you change your approach, you change how you handle things, you change how you relate with people, in time, you will overcome the challenge. Do you understand this? You overcome the challenge not by trying to change it. Because if you try to change it, it will come back. Because you have not learned anything. You overcome a challenge by changing yourself. So that you're able to handle it effectively. Are you still here? Okay? Whether you are an architect, whether you are a you know, a business person, these challenges that you face in your profession, in your business, are intended to shape you. Don't run away from them. Face them and ask, what do I need to change so I can really deal with this effectively? You understand that? So, a sense of mission is important to help you understand that everything that happens to you is intended by God to equip you, qualify you for that purpose that you are now pursuing in your life. See them as God's way of molding you and preparing you to be the better person who will qualify for your God-given destiny. Are you still here? Okay. Can you say to the person beside you, I think I'm going to love challenges. Because now I understand why they come. They're intended to shape me. So that I'll be mature and complete, as the James says, lacking nothing. Enabled to succeed in God's purpose for my life. Are you still here? The key to overcoming is not to change the problem. Because there are things in the world you cannot change. For one thing, you cannot change your, the person. You can only change how you deal with the person. Do you agree? Okay? So, yung baguhin mo, yung style mo. Kung di mo mabago yung tao, baguhin mo style mo, baka makatulong lalo. Okay? So, and here, Aristotle gives us some enlightenment, and this is also truly biblically. If you want to know what your purpose in this world is, Aristotle gives you an advice. Where your talents and the needs of the world cross, lies your calling. I want you to let you know, let you know this. God's purpose for your life, listen to this, is tied to a particular need in this world. For that particular need, God has equipped you with the gifts, the potentials. He will equip you with the experiences you need to shape those qualities that you need to be able to meet that need effectively. As you journey through life, you will experience challenges that are intended to change you. You understand this? If you don't change, you will be overcome by the challenge. And you'll end up bitter and feeling to do what God wants you to do. Because you responded in the wrong way. 
you understand this, okay? So, but you understand, God has given you talents. You know, I just wish I was gifted in singing. I don't have a singing solo voice. I can write songs for others to sing, but I cannot sing them. And so there was a time I said, Lord, you've given me the gift of writing music, but why is it they do not give me the beautiful voice to sing them? <laughs> and so I was very serious with God. And then one day the Lord just answered my question, because if I gave you everything, you will be too mayabang. Thank you, Father, <laughs> for keeping me humble. That's why some people think, oh, Pastor Dave, can you sing your song to us, your composition? So I don't sing songs. I don't sing my song. I just play on the keyboard. Somebody has to sing. Amen? Okay? So I think many of you here know one of the most popular songs that the Lord gave me is Sapakatang Jose Pagibing, right? That's being sung in the Catholic Church also. I wrote that in 1976 for a camp. That's a theme song. And it is spread throughout the Philippines. I didn't know that God's going to use that to touch not only people in the Philippines, but even other countries in the world. We have heard uh, the song has been translated into different languages in different parts of the world. But listen to this. You know, I could I would never have known that God has called me to write songs if I did not know the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. It's when I came to Christ that this, this gift just came into being. Okay? And, and because I have the gift, I have to use the gift in order to serve the world. I'm, the gift is not there for me. It's for me to serve others with. Okay? So you've been given a unique blend of potentials and gifts. How many recognize you have talents? Sino may mga talents dito pagkitaas ang kamay? Okay, kasi kung sabihin niyo wala kang talent, ibig sabihin, hindi niyo pa na-discover yung mga talent niyo. Because every human being was born with natural potentials. Okay? Some of them are discovered early in childhood when parents are very motivational, encouraging, and supportive of their children. Madaling madiscover yung mga potential ng mga bata, yung mga gifting. Pero you you're growing up in a very suppressive family, it will take time for the children to discover their talents in time later on. Okay? But if you have a very inspiring family, your children grow up unleashing their full gifts and potentials because there's an environment that encourages the development of such potentials in the family. Are you still here? Okay? So that is why all of us have our own natural gifts. And our natural gifts are not the same. My, my blend of gifts will be different from another guy who may have the same gifts, but it has a different blend. Each one of us is unique when it comes to the blend of gifts that God has given each one of us. I wish I was a singer, but that's not God's purpose for me. My job is to write songs for others to sing, but I can sing them. That's God's purpose. I cannot debate with God over that, right? Amen? Okay? God has gifted you with a gift for business. You know, for you, you know, succeeding is business just like, you know, playing. Others, you have to sweat it out because you're so gifted in that area. You're very good in sales talk, you know, but others have to study, you know, a lot of, go through a lot of sense just to learn how to have good sales talk. But you're a natural, right? Some of you are natural leaders here. Others have to struggle to learn how to be a good leader. You're a leader, you know, as a gift. Okay? How many of you are great singing voices here? Soloists. Okay? Oh, don't be too proud not to admit it. <laughs> okay? How many are very good in math? You know, you play with numbers while the world wrestles with them. Right? 
Each one of you has a God-given potential. It's not just one. It's usually a blend of potentials. Okay? And the more you take challenges before you, the more you accept challenges, you allow those potentials to begin to come out. Are still here? There's one reason why God exposes you to challenges. Are you still here? Okay? So don't think, ah, oh, that's too much for me. No. If God is giving to you, you are destined to be able to do that. Don't run away from it. You're about to discover something that God put in you, but maybe you've never realized before. Are you still here? Okay, so. Albert Einstein said, Strange is our situation here upon earth. Each one of us comes from a short visit, not knowing why, yet sometimes seeming to divine a purpose. From the standpoint of daily life, however, there is one thing we do know, that man is here for the sake of other men. Whatever purpose God has put in your life, it is intended to meet a particular need in this world. Whatever gifts and talents God has put into you is intended to meet a need in this world. And you were cut for that need. And God will expose you to the experiences that will help mold you and shape you to build in you the character necessary to succeed in God's purpose for your life because pure ability, pure talent will not get you there. Ability can bring you to the top, even overnight, but it takes a lot of character to keep you there. Because the moment you're at the top, you'll be exposed to all manners of temptations. Babae, pera, popularity, lahat. Abusing your authority. Once you're at the top, because of pure ability lang, you can get to the top. The challenge is, how do you stay there amidst all the temptations you will face? If you don't have the character enough, to sustain that success, you will ultimately fail. You understand this? The three marks of excellence, by the way, I've been teaching this to you in the past years. Do not make success your goal. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Those of you who have been here for the past years, you know what I mean. Success is never the goal. Because success is just a byproduct, a consequence of something else. The goal is excellence. Because excellence attracts success. Are you still here? You understand this? You know why this is so important? If you're trying to pursue success in your life as your goal, I will tell you, 80 to 90% of the time you will fail in the end. You may be able to get to the top of the market because of pure ability, but without the right qualifications for character and sustainability, you will go down. Are you still here? Okay? Excellence is the goal, and excellence attracts excellent things, including excellent money, excellent pay. Excellence is what draws out the best in you, and there are three components to excellence. I want you to write them down. The three components of excellence are competence, character. Can you somebody shout the third one to those who already know? What's the third one? Spirituality. spirituality. Competence, character, and spirituality. 
Competence means maximize abilities. Whatever abilities God has given you, to develop these abilities to their maximum potential. You become the best in that particular ability, in that particular skill. That is what competence is about. Do you understand this? Mani Pacquiao loved boxing, but he decided to be the best. That's why he made it to the world. Do you understand this? Because he committed himself to be competent in his ability, developing it to his maximum capability. Amen? That's why many of you remain poor financially because you're playing with the gifts God has given you. You're not taking them seriously. You're not developing them to their maximum potential. You're just uh, happy that you're doing in that ability on the average level. You are not pursuing excellence in your life. Because excellence demands that you keep improving and improving and approving in that God-given ability because there's no end to improvement. Excellence is not perfection. Excellence is constant improvement. Can you say that to me with me? Excellence is constant improvement. One more time. Excellence is not perfection. It's constant improvement. You never stop improving until you die. Because the moment you stop improving, others will leave you behind because they never stop improving. Are you silly? Okay? That's why competence, develop your raw material, your natural gifts, develop them to their full potential, and you will find your place in this world. Are you still here? Okay? Competence, number two, is character. You must be able to have effective relationships with people because of the way you handle people. You must be a, a humble person who doesn't try to make people feel inferior in front of you. You must be a person who doesn't look down on others. A person who is always learning to affirm people, even your enemies, even your opponents. You learn to affirm them. You're a person who is able to develop a positive uh, attitude towards negative people. That's character. That's gentleness. That's patience. That's a lot of these qualities of Christ. Once you build that character, the Word of God, you'll become mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Any challenge that comes, you can easily take it aside because of your character. Are you still here? So character. The third element of excellence is spirituality. Because even if you're competent, you can never predict what will happen in the market in time. Challenges will come that you feel may be too much for you. Okay? But if you have faith in God, that faith in God will keep you going. Because you know God will vindicate you. You know, God will finish what He started in your life. You know, God is behind you because you're carrying out His purpose for your life. That faith in God will keep you going despite all the major challenges and oppositions you may face in the pursuit of God's purpose for your life. That spirituality is the foundation of sustaining your competence and your character through the years. Do you understand this? Competence without character, did this one, competence without character leads to relational failures. If you're very great in ability, pero character mo sira, you'll have problems with people. It will lead to relational failure. And when you fail your relationship, you cannot succeed because nobody succeeds alone. You succeed because many has contributed to your life to help you become successful. Sometimes an encouragement here and there. Sometimes a wise advice when you're facing, you know, a, a very... Uh, challenging experience. Or maybe you're giving up and somebody just pulled you out and said, come on, we believe in you, you can do it. These people contribute to your success. Are you still here? Character without competence leads to performance failures. 
Magandang ugali mo, pero yung galing mo, hindi mo talaga din-develop. So you will fail in terms of performance. It will lead to performance failures. Competence and character without spirituality leads to sustainability failures. You may have character and competence, but you don't have strong relationship with God. Ultimately, you might not be able to sustain yourself. Are you still here? Excellence is the goal. When you're excellent, you attract success to yourself. Okay? I'm speaking from years of experience when I talk to you about that. Do you understand this? Okay? That is why we need to recognize that we are here to serve others and we serve others with excellence. Can you say that to the person beside you? I am here on earth to meet a particular need in this world and God wants me to do so with excellence. That is what maximizes God's potentials in your life. Okay? Let's go on. Can we read this together? Maximize manhood is about fully realizing God's unique purpose for each of our lives. But to realize God's purpose for us, we need to understand and successfully carry out specific roles that He has appointed to us as men. Each of these roles express the image of God in us. Okay? We will not be able to maximize our manhood, fulfill God's purpose for us as men, if we don't successfully carry out specific roles that He has appointed to us uniquely as men. Okay? And there are the roles. The man as a worshiper, all of these are found in the story of creation. Man as performer, man as lover, man as leader, and man as a father. Now listen to this. We will be going through this series. Okay, some of this may be familiar to some. You've been with here with us for years. But as we go to each of these points, we'll go deeper and we'll be able to find more relevant applications in your life on how you are able to succeed in carrying out that role that God has given to you as a man. Okay? So, how many of you are willing to finish this series of talks? That means we expect to see you in the coming months. Okay? I encourage you if you want to maximize your manhood. Okay? So, let me just go briefly on man as a worshiper. God created the man before he created the woman. And the first thing that God did to the man after he created him was to put him in the Garden of Eden that God has planted in order to fellowship with the man. Already some of you know this. The private garden of a king is the place of intimate fellowship between the king and his wife's wives, Marami, and his most intimate friends. Nobody can enter the king's garden without the king's invitation. If you do, you will be killed by the guards. God's private garden was on Mount Eden. Okay? Eden was a mountain based on the story. And in that garden, special to God, as his private garden, after he creates the man, he puts the man in that garden. And you know for what purpose? Because it's the place of intimate fellowship with God. The first calling of God for man was to fellowship with him before he creates the woman. You understand that? That is a later on when God banished the man and the woman from the garden in Genesis 3, he stationed a cherubim at the east gate so that no one can enter the garden because if they try to get in the garden, the cherubim will kill them because the Bible said that the cherubim had a flashing sword you know, against anyone who tried to enter God's garden. That is God's private garden. Are you still here? So why did God put the man in the garden after he was created? Obviously, because of the meaning of that place, God wanted to fellowship with the man. God wanted man to first engage in the worship of God, his creator. 
God called the man first to be a worshiper before he was called to be a leader in a relationship with a woman. Are you still here? Okay. So in other words, man was already created to worship God. This is what defines the foundational essence of manhood. Can we say it together? Man was created for worship. Okay, now listen to this. Vibrant spirituality, therefore, is the foundation of maximized manhood. You cannot fully uh, bring out the full potential of God in your life as a man if you do not worship God. And I'll show you now why. Okay? Why is this God's calling? A.W. Tozer, a very well-known author, God's supreme purpose in making man was to, to have somebody capable to properly and sufficiently worship him and satisfy his own art. God did not create you for yourself. God created you for him. God created man for his pleasure. He did not create you for your pleasure primarily. You understand that? God created us for himself. And God's desire is for man to worship him and satisfy his own heart. Graham Kendrick also resists the same thing. Worship is first and foremost for his benefit, not ours. Though it is marvelous to discover that in giving him pleasure, we ourselves enter into what can become our richest and most wholesome experience in life. Because when you're engaged in the true worship of God and you're committed to fulfill His will and purpose for your life, you experience the deepest sense of human fulfillment as a man because you're carrying out the very purpose why God created you. You understand that? It is in that worship experience of God that you're beginning to understand and God is able to give you the grace to succeed in carrying out His unique purpose for your life. By worshiping God, we're able to enter the deepest experience of human fulfillment. And we'll see that more as we go along. Can we read this together? Worship reminds us of our proper place of servitude to our Creator. We were not made to live for ourselves. We were made to live for God's pleasure. Look at the world today. Because people decided to live their lives for their own pleasure, what has happened to our world? As somebody would say in the book of Judges, and there was no king in Israel, and everyone, everybody did what was right in his own eyes. And I will wonder, but ang gulo-gulo ng mundo ngayon? Human greed, human selfishness, and human pride are all self-centered uh, self-centered pursuits. And because if you have no God to worship, the tendency of man is to worship himself. And when man begins to worship himself, it brings out the worst in us because man fell into sin in the Garden of Eden. He became slaves of selfishness. Okay? Now listen to this. That's why in 2 Corinthians 5, it is said, so we make it our goal to please Him. That's the goal of life. Amen? Can you say to the person beside you, the goal of life is to please God. Not myself. Or not just people. My goal in life is to please God. That is worship. That is true spirituality. Okay? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may be receive, receive what is due for us, due us for the things done in the body, whether good or bad. Why is this mentioned? Because the goal of life is to please Him and judgment will come to find out whether we really please God or not. That's what the judgment will be based on. Are you still here? Because we were created to worship and serve God. We were not here created to worship ourselves or to serve ourselves. Once you do that, you corrupt humanity and that created many of the problems we face today in the world. Okay? Benjamin Disraeli said, 
Man is made to adore and to obey, but if you will not command him, if you give him nothing to worship, he will fashion his own divinities and find a chieftain in his own passions. Man, I'm going to be straight with you. If you do not acknowledge God in your life as your absolute, as the God for whom you live for, if you do not live your daily life to, to please Him as your goal, you will end up trying to please yourself and going back to the old pattern of selfishness as men that can later on ruin your marriage, your family life, and even ultimately your career. Are you still here? Because we're so focused on ourselves. That's the opposite of worship. Sin and selfishness, which has corrupted and damaged mankind, is the worship of self and the consequence of rejection of the worship of God. If you're not worshiping God right now in your life, you're worshiping something else. That could be yourself, your money. That could be a dream that you have for yourself. Could be something in your life. Maybe a woman. Maybe cars. You may be worshiping cars because everything is about cars in your life. Right? Maybe it's about money. Anything that you worship that is not God, listen to this, will soon corrupt you. Anything that you worship that is not the true God will soon corrupt your life. I will repeat that. I'm speaking from experience as well as from the Word of God. If you worship anything apart from God, that object of worship will soon corrupt your life. That's why God commands us to worship Him, especially in our sinful state. The more we need to worship God, so we fight against the gravitational pull to focus on me, me, and mine, which is at the root of all the injustices and inequalities that we see in this world. At the very roots of all the inequalities in the world is human selfishness, human pride, and human greed. If those three things did not exist, everybody in the world will be enjoying the same resources. Everybody's needs will be met, and there will be no poor in the world if there was no selfishness, pride, and greed. Do you understand this? That is why God wants us to worship Him so we are able to focus on our true purpose in this world, which is to serve God, to please Him, not ourselves. You please yourself, you create damage in time among your important relationships in life. Do you understand this? Okay? That is why the Word of God, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourself therefore under God's mighty hand that He may lift you up in due time. Listen to this. That is why as men, the most dangerous moment in our life is not the moment of failure, right? What is the most dangerous moment in the life of a man? Can you please tell me? Shout it for those you know. Shout it. What is the most dangerous moment in the life of a man? Being enticed by a woman, being seduced by a woman? Well, that can be, but there's something worse than that. What is the most dangerous moment in the life of a man? Shout it. It is the moment of success. Because our longing for significance as men sometimes helps, makes us forget that when we experience so much significance because we succeeded, we often forget who we are and who God is in our lives. When you... Face success without the right heart attitude. Success can corrupt you. When you don't have the right heart attitude, 
in handling success. That's why the most dangerous moment is success. Your experiences of failure are not the worst experiences of life. Because failure is like a mirror that shows you where you need to improve in order to become better. How many of you look at the mirror every morning when you go to the bathroom? How many of you go to the mirror? Really, only one goes to the mirror. Everybody, right? Now, why do you go, go to the mirror? To see mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Is that what you do? You go to the mirror to find out what's wrong with your body and your face, right? And what's the purpose of the mirror? To show you where you need to clean yourself, right? So you look good. Tama? When the mirror shows you what's wrong with your face, do you get angry with the mirror? Do you get angry with the mirror? Huh? Do you hit the mirror for showing always, you know, there's muta and there's dawai? How many of you hate your mirror? Of course not. Why? It's just a tool to help you find where you can make yourself look better, right? Failures are like that. Failures show you a lot of who you are. And the purpose of failure is to reveal to you where you need to change, where you need to improve, so later on, you'll be a better person and be more successful in, having, in doing what you're supposed to do. Amen? Thank God for the failures because everybody fails. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. Amen? So what I'm saying is that failures can bring you to a realization of your limitations. Failures are intended to humble you. you. Understand that? And if you face failure without humility, that failure can devastate you. Because you do not have the humility to take responsibility for your failure. Start blaming your wife, start blaming others. That failure will devastate you. Because you're not owning it. And you're not learning from it. You understand this? Failure is intended to make you a better person. Okay? That is why the final measure of a man is his worship of God. No man can be greater than his walk with God. Can we say that together? No man can be greater than his walk with God. Because the moment you acknowledge God, you are reminded, I'm just a servant. I'm not a big guy. God is the big guy. I'm just a servant. Pagkasabi sa katabi, no matter how successful we become, in the world's eyes, we must remember, utusan ng ako ng Diyos. Amen. You know, I met a man, he said, what's your profession? Ah, Pastor, I'm just a driver. Oh, really? I did not know what him, you know, just a driver is very wealthy, mayaman. Good looking, very handsome. Driver lang siya. He was too humble. Later on, yung kanyang fiancé told me, ah, Pastor, Pilot siya ng Philippine Airlines, one of the best pilots in the Philippines. He could have said, what's your profession, uh, Brad? I'm a pilot. Wow, it takes a lot of pride. Pilot! I fly the most sophisticated machine man has ever created. Right? But he said, I pass, driver lang ako. That's humility. He did not focus on the significance of his you know, being a pilot, he just said, I'm just a servant to serve people. 
drive people wherever they need to go. That's humility. Understand that? Maximize manhood is realized when a man is so filled with God that he excuses the character of God. You see, when you worship God, you remain, you keep a humble attitude because you realize you are not the absolute God is. You are not the source. God is. And your success is a gift of that God to you. Ito yan, bunga lang ng pawis at dugo mo. Kasi kung wala kang kalusugan, wala kang kakayahan, wala kang galing, walang kwenta yung pawis at dugo mo. Kung ikaw ay may cancer sa kama. Do you understand that? The greatest investment in your material success has always been God. He has given you the strength, the health, the network, the talents, the ability, the opportunities that even maybe you never realize opportunities can come to your life just like that. God is the one who invested more than you did. All you gave is your powers and the go, but the rest is God's. Do you understand that? That's why you cannot boast because it is God who gives you the ability to produce wealth. That is in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17 to 18. He said there, you may say to yourself, by the strength of my arm and by my power, I have created this wealth for me. But you shall remember it is the Lord your God who gives you the ability to produce wealth. That's the Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17 to 18. In other words, when you are a worshiper of God, you're always reminded that you are dependent on God. You have nothing to boast about yourself. And because you're humbled by that worship of God, you'll be able to genuinely love other people. You know why? Ang mayabang, mahirap magmahal ng totoo. Kasi mas puno siya ng sarili niya kaysa ng concern at pagpapahalaga sa ibang tao. Kasi mas mahalaga ang sarili niya. Pero when you're humble, it's easy to love people without discrimination. You understand this? Sometimes we spend too much energy trying to, to prove our worth that we have little energy left to really love people around us. We're so focused on my worth, my worth! that we have no more energy left to really love our wives and our children and our families because your job is giving a lot of worth and your life is about pursuing more worth, more worth. You have no more energy left to really love the people who are important to you. It's all about you, 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 and you. You understand that? So that's why God will humble you. And there are times when God's mighty hand will come hard on you. When the mighty hand comes hard on you, the Bible said, Bumigay ka na. Sino siya nakaranas kami sa parang ang bigat ng kamay ng Diyos sa buhay niyo. Kami nakaranas sa inyo. Sunod-sunod, yung kahirapan, di ba? Parang bigat-bigat. When God's mighty hand is upon you, that means He's humbling you. And the wisest choice is to humble yourself. Because if your God is already putting you down, pushing you down, kasi masyado kang mayabang, at hindi ka nagpakumbaba, baka tuluyan ka niya. Yun ang mahirap doon. Kaya tinatawag dyan eh, God's mighty hand. Wala kang kalaban-laban dyan. Amen? Kaya pag binababa ka ng Diyos, magpakumbaba ka na. Baka madurog ka. And you will lose everything. Do you understand that? But if you choose to humble yourself as a man, the same hand that humbled you, the same hand will lift you up in God's appointed time. God will exalt you and promote you and you will be where you never dreamt you will be because God is the one bringing you there because the time, the time of your promotion has come because you humbled yourself. Amen? 
Amen? Is that clear? That is why that attitude of worship to God keeps us humble. It keeps us in our proper place. Para hindi tayo nagyayabang. Amen? Okay? So, that is why your walk with God is important to your manhood. No man can be greater than his walk with God. And Maximine must realize when a man is so filled with God that he excuse the character of God to others. That is where being a worshiper fulfills the image of God in us because it translates the character of God into our lives. The more you worship God, the more you begin to imbue His character in your life. Are you still here? That is why Ed Cole said, founder of, author of Maximize Manhood and founder of Christian Men's Network in the U.S., he said, manhood and Christ-likeness are synonymous. To become the man that you were meant to be by God is to develop the character of Christ in your life. And it is that character that will make you very productive and effective in your relationships with people. Because that character of Christ is about unconditional love, being kind to those who offend you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the fruit of the Spirit are all the qualities of Christ's character. In other words, the full fruit of the Spirit is the character of Christ in your life. And that's where you realize maximized manhood. You understand this? It's attaining to be what God meant you to be. As you allow the experiences of life to humble you and to mold you in the character of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, do you understand what your role as a worshiper? Why we need to worship God? I'm going to encourage you, men. I encourage you to start this year, January, by making a choice to humble yourself. And recognize that in whatever you do in your life, you are a servant of God. And whatever you enjoy, whatever success or gain you enjoy in this life, never stop, never forget to thank God. Because God is always the source. Psalm 127 verse 1 says, unless, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. It is not your labor that ultimately brings about your desired results. Because everybody knows who have been in business, who have been, had many years of experience, even your profession, that not even the best efforts guarantee that you will get your desired results. Because many variables can happen in life that you never predicted, you never expected, was never found in your feasibility plan or your feasibility studies. Things can happen in the economy. Your factory can burn down. Your son can suddenly die who's supposed to be your heir for your business. Anything can happen to your life that is never in your feasibility plan. No matter what effort or labor you put forth, without the ultimate favor of God, you will not be able to reap your desired results. Because in the end, it is God who determines the end results of our labor, not us. You understand that? That's why we need to recognize that we need to humble ourselves and recognize He is the source. Every success you experience in any project that you have, any success in your business, in your profession, any awards that you receive for excellent performance, give glory to God. Because you won't be there without the favor of God in your life. Without this grace in your life, you cannot be where you are. And that reminds you to humble yourself and give God all the glory. You understand this? When you, you keep that worship attitude, 
God will show you so much grace and favor. He will enable you to succeed in His purpose for your life because you develop excellence of character in your life. You know why? Because humility is the foundation of character. Humility is the foundation of Christ-like character. Amen? So let's face 2019, believing that God is there ahead of us. Believing that we can do more than we have done in 2018. Believing that we're able to rise up above what we were and become better men in 2019. Because we are making a choice today, I will build excellence in my life for you, Lord, this year. Amen? How many believe you can be a better person? Amen. You can only be a better person if you're willing to take responsibility for your mistakes and failures and stop blaming others. Learn from them and change what you need to change. And secondly, do you have the faith in God to believe that what God has started in you, He will finish it? That you are a work in progress. You may not be perfect, but by the grace of God, you can become better and better one step at a time as you change what you, you need to change by the grace of God to become that person that you were meant to be. And you'll be able to accomplish that if you keep your heart of faith and dependence on God because you need the grace of God in your life to change what humanly is very difficult to change in ourselves. It takes the grace of God. Do you understand this? And the most important thing of all in closing, if you do not have Jesus Christ in your life, building that character that will enable you to match your God-given destiny and purpose in this world will be very difficult for you. Because our sinful nature is no match to our sinfulness. We need an external power to enable us to overcome our innate selfishness. And that is the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit in you. And it is the power of the Holy Spirit that enables you to overcome those sinful tendencies in your life that keep you where you are and keep you from moving forward in your life. And Jesus Christ died for your sins so that you can be forgiven, so that you can be reconciled with God and receive everything that you need from your Father to fulfill His purpose for you in this world. Without God, as Jesus said, we are nothing because everything comes from God in the end. Amen? Can we bow in prayer today? Can we rise up as we come to God in prayer? I'm going to invite you today. If you do not have that confident relationship with Jesus Christ as the Savior of your life, if you know you feel that you and God are still far apart, that you don't have a real relationship with God, I want you to know that Jesus Christ's desire is to reconcile you with His Father. And only He can do that because He was the one who gave His life so that all your sins can be paid for so that the Father can forgive you. Are you willing to give your life to Jesus Christ and say to Him, Lord Jesus, I need you. Save me from my sins. Save me from myself. I surrender my life to you. And today, Lord, I make a choice to turn away from all my sinful ways, to repent of all my wrong choices in life. And I surrender my life to you today. And I open my life to you. Come and take control of my life. I receive you as the Savior who died for me and rose from the dead. I receive you as the Lord of my life 
that I commit to follow for the rest of my life because my life is bound in your purpose for me. And I know I cannot effectively fulfill that without your grace. Lord, I surrender all to you. And if I have backslidden, if I have turned aside, Lord, I come back to you tonight. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of all my sins. And Lord, come change in my life what I cannot change in my own strength. I surrender all to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, enable me now to live a life of true worship this year. But I will always recognize that everything comes from your hand. And that I am just a servant. That you have put me in this world in order to serve a particular need in this world. With all the gifts, experiences, and assets you have given me. Lord, I will serve that need faithfully. To carry out your purpose in meeting this need in this world. That I was meant to meet. Thank you that my resources come from you. And thank you that I will overcome every challenge I face because I'm willing to allow you to change my attitude, change how I deal with people, change, Lord, my character so that I will become an overcomer. Come change my life. And I thank you for loving me just as I am. And I thank you that you love me even when you saw the worst in me. I thank you that you are desiring to make me the person I was meant to be. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for forgiving me all my sins. And from this day onward, I will follow you. I will worship you alone. And all the glory, all the honor of anything that you give me shall return to you. To you be all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. And take our seat.